2: Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.
3: This is it. The time has come.
4: Saturday nights, all right for fighting. The right hand, push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall
3: and Gareth A Davies. you better than that on TalkSport.
1: I'm Gareth A Davies. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast for TalkSport. This was a big podcast about a big breaking story. Dillian White out of his fight with Anthony Joshua after an adverse analytical finding from an anti-doping test from the Voluntary Anti-Doping Association. Spencer Oliver joined me in the studio. We discussed all of it and went over the bones of what had happened in the afternoon. Dillian White. Uh, Revealed by Eddie Hearn through a tweet and through a matchroom statement, matchroom boxing statement earlier today that he is out of the fight. An adverse finding in a VADA test, voluntary anti-doping association test. They are scrambling. 258 management, Freddie Cunningham, Eddie Hearn, Frank Smith, all the guys at Matchroom scrambling to find the right opponent for Anthony Joshua to keep the event alive next week. Thousands of fans have bought tickets. Thousands of fans have booked hotels. I've already run into people on the way in here tonight saying we're so disappointed. What do we do? People have been mentioning on the interweb tonight on twitter sphere on instagram how disappointed they are is boxing shooting itself in the foot again we're going to pick the bones of that out uh, today Spencer it's a very very bad situation for boxing again a bad look
4: yep terrible situation again for boxing you know this uh, puts a real dark cloud over the sport again here with Dillian White you know uh, failing these tests it's a real sad situation and I feel sorry for Anthony Joshua who's you know trying to rebuild his career worked really hard he took a fight that we all knew was a dangerous fight actually going over old ground with Dillian White and putting it all on the line you know with what he had in front of him with this fight this potential fight with Deontay Wilder talking about Saudi Arabia in in January, he could have waited for that. He stepped up for this Dillian White fight, and now this has happened. Feel sorry for Anthony Joshua. Feel sorry for the fans, the people that have booked the hotels, the people that have booked the tickets, and I hope they can resolve this and they can find a credible opponent for Anthony Joshua.
1: Well, both of us have been talking to everyone involved uh, behind the scenes uh, throughout the afternoon. Frank Warren, uh, Frank Frank Smith, rather, and Eddie Hearn. Um, Battling away to try and find an opponent for Anthony Joshua. We're going to talk about the potential opponent opponents in a little while. Um, you, I know, have spoken to Anthony Joshua in the background mm-hmm. this afternoon. You've had words with him about things. I understand from you and I understand from his management team he's very keen to
4: still have a fight next Saturday night. Absolutely Anthony Joshua has worked very hard to get to where he's got to you know he wants to you know he's on that rebuilding process he's in that twilight of his career really you know and this was a big part of the jigsaw puzzle you know regaining that confidence in his own ability Dillian White was the perfect opponent to bring the best out in Anthony Joshua he's pumped up for it He took himself off over to Dallas training with Derek James and you know really putting in the hard graft he wants it you know he's now he's now ready the training's done the hard work has been done and this has happened you know I feel really sorry for him for his team who have worked so hard to get to get to this point and I hope they get it resolved I think they will get it resolved if I'm totally honest for for the people that are confused about this this show has not been cancelled the fight has been cancelled absolutely the show right. has not been cancelled because I, I had a lot of people coming in as well saying to me what a shame the yep. show's off yeah the show is not off as we speak they're trying to find a credible opponent for Anthony Joshua and I believe they'll do that
1: well Eddie Hearn says he wants to get it done in the next 24 hours that's what he's told me Frank Smith has said the same Um, Freddie Cunningham has told me that they are doing everything and they will consider all options. As you say, um, our our guy AJ wants to have his fight. Well, this is how it broke Um, about one o'clock today. um, Eddie Hearn revealed that uh, White had returned adverse analytical findings as part of a random anti-doping protocol. The statement uh, came out... Uh, From Matchroom Boxing, today the Voluntary Anti-Doping Association, VADA, informed Matchroom, the Association of Boxing Commissions, that's the commissions in America, and the British Boxing Board of Control, that Dillian White had returned adverse analytical findings as part of a random anti-doping protocol. In light of this news, the fight will be cancelled, as you say, not the event, and a full investigation will be conducted. Further information on the event will follow. Then, of course, it exploded... Um, it wasn't that much longer, uh maybe a couple of hours, till we heard a statement from um from Dillian White. Um he's desperately, of course, upset about what has happened what's your take first of all on
4: Dillian White's situation before I read out his statement disappointed very disappointed that he's you know this this has happened we don't know the ins and outs of it because like you say Gareth you know we've heard that he has failed the Varda testing that is what we do know but what we do, don't do know is what the failings are, etc, etc. So it's difficult for us to comment on it as we speak at the moment, but all I can say is there's one word for this. Disappointment. You know, with what's been going on and the collapse of all these big heavyweight fights and all the other fights that we're seeing, you know, materialising like that unbelievable fight we had last week involving Errol Spence, you know, and Terence and, Crawford. And, and you Noya know, and and yeah, yeah. absolutely. and even Fulton. Yeah, absolutely. We'll go to, into that in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. Even yeah. going back to Ryan Garcia and Jim Avante Davies, these guys are showing the way and the best are fighting the best and the heavyweights just don't seem to be getting it over the line. We felt like we were getting somewhere and there's just one word from me, disappointment, huge disappointment. I'm interested to see how this unfolds and so I find out exactly, you know, what... What has happened here with Dillian White.
1: I do agree with you, you know, we've just witnessed two modern masters at work in Noya Nui uh, the brilliant Japanese fighter who's become an unbeaten champion in four weight divisions and Terence Crawford who commented on brilliantly last week during the night who put in a stellar performance a masterclass of near perfection against Errol Spence in Las Vegas um, so much so actually that old time commentators reckoned the new welterweight and pound for pound king might have beaten Sugar Ray Leonard and I've even been saying this week, having watched Floyd Mayweather Jr.'s career. He may even have beaten Mm -hmm. Floyd Mayweather at welterweight. Um, But, back to the heavyweights, Um, let's just examine this statement from Dillian White that came out later. As you say, we do not know publicly, and I don't even know privately, I've been trying to get it out of people, what the adverse finding was. We will know in the next 48 hours, I'm sure. His statement was, he was shocked and devastated to learn a report by Varda of adverse findings related to himself. He learnt about it this morning. He's still reacting to it. He's seen that the fight's being cancelled and he's claiming he hasn't had a chance to demonstrate his innocence before the decision was taken. He says, I can confirm without a shadow of a doubt, I've not taken the reported substance in this camp or at any point in my life. I'm completely innocent and asked to be given the time to go through the process of proving this without anybody jumping to conclusions or a trial by media. I insisted on 24-7 Varda testing for this fight as I've done voluntarily and at my own expense for all of my fights for many, many years. It's not the first time that I've been reported as having an adverse finding for a substance, which I've not taken, and as I did last time, I will again prove that I'm completely innocent. That was 2019, the Oscar Rivas test, when the metabolites were small enough that he was exonerated by the the anti-doping panel. In the meantime, all I can do is express my extreme disappointment to boxing fans who will miss out on what was sure to be a great event. Only stupidity would allow someone
4: to take a substance in these greatest fights of their lives. It's inexplicable in lots of ways. Totally agree with that. You know, we had Dillian White on TalkSport, actually, when he was trying to get this fight over the line, and and it was all about the money, what sort of money he was going to get. You know, we pushed for that, to get Dillian the right sort of deal without the rematch clauses and etc etc. Eddie Hearn accepted that, Anthony Joshua accepted that, they've got the fight over the line and now this has happened and we gotta you got to remember this, right? So Dillian White at this stage of his career, if he, this, if he can't prove his innocence on this, it's career over, it's done, you know? So stupidity is, is being kind, if I'm totally honest, you know? So... Like but say, it's
1: inexplicable we, that someone would do this. That's it, why, Gareth, when Gerald Miller was fighting Anthony Joshua in, in New York, yeah, it was the biggest payday of his career by twelve times, yeah. And it just it just does not make sense. Doesn't
4: make sense. And what we've got to do, Gareth, what, like like you said, you know that nobody knows what what it what the substance was, and until we know what the substance was, we can't really comment. So you know. All I can say is that's all I can do is express disappointment that he has failed these tests um, on these adverse findings in whatever it was. And I'm very, very, very disappointed for him.
1: Before we go to break and after the break, we're going to talk about who Anthony Joshua maybe could, would, or even should fight now next Saturday night. And we'll pick the bones over that because there are a lot of other heavyweights on this card already. Um, Just wanted to ask you, Um, In these situations, you're around fighters all the time. Are you ever, have you ever been party to persuading, dissuading anyone or witnessed Mm -hmm. these kind of things going on where you know someone is heading in the wrong
4: direction? No. No. No, and this is this the disappointment for me. I think anybody that knows me and, and especially to our, our listeners on here as well, you know how strong I am against drugs within the sport. You know, I know the dangers of the sport, you know, the, the serious injuries can happen, even you know, even the loss of life can happen. So I just want a level playing field. People know my strengths on that, you know, with what I've been through. So I'm very, very strong on it. And um, yeah, if if I would have known about anybody taking drugs or if I you know it's just not acceptable. Yeah. I just don't have it. You know You know what I feel, feel yeah. about, it, Gareth. But, you know, I just think that someone's found taking drugs within our sport. I don't believe in second chances and all that. You know, I, I'm that strong on it. I just think that it's wrong. I think there should be life bans and less people would do it because we're getting too many people doing it right now, and it's, it's disappointing.
1: Well, Eddie Hearn is running around, as I say, tonight, trying to get this stuff organised and over the line to find a new opponent for Anthony Joshua next weekend. We're going to pick the bones over uh who that might be uh in the next section. But uh Eddie is gonna join the the White and Jordan show in the studio this Tuesday. He can watch round two, I suppose. Uh, is, is Jordan back or not? Yeah, well, that's oh, how we we'll get round two. Yeah. That hopefully, he lets Eddie talk this time. Well, because <laughs> really, he knows he was he was too he was too offensive, too attacking last time. He just needs to sit back and counter a little
4: bit next time. You told him that as well. Listen, I think that from speaking with Simon Jordan, um, I think he wants to air a lot more things, and I think that round two will be, that would be fascinating. will be as exciting, if not better. Yeah. The rematch is is more often than not. Not as good as the first one. No, but this, this one will, one will be. be better.
1: I just wonder, before we go to the potential opponents for Anthony Joshua next week, whether it's once bitten, twice shy for Eddie Hearn here, mm-hmm. where because of the Connor Ben Chris Eubank situation last October, um, that he said, no, test no, we're not we're not carrying on, we're not looking at this. So Dillian White has maybe not had his chance mm. to amount a defence over the next few days before they made a decision on it.
4: Well, yeah, I think that in the Conor Ben, uh, Chris Eubank situation, Eddie said contractually he couldn't cancel the fight. And in this one, he well, we, has. We
1: all questioned that, Simon Jordan yeah. questioned yeah. that at Absolutely. the time. We we all questioned it in a sit-down but with Eddie and said, how can you done. do that? Yeah, It's it's nonsense that there isn't a clause in every contract because anything can happen, frankly. But um, but I I suspect that it's a case of once bitten, twice shy, Mm. and and they wanted to move straight away because he doesn't want to be caught in the same situation. Maybe maybe this is the beginning of a need for an overhaul within boxing.
4: Absolutely, you know, they've obviously found out this situation has arose. And they've, they've had to deal with it and deal with it quickly so that they didn't end up in a situation like they did last time with Conor Ben and Chris Eubank where they, you know, they would have lost a hell of a lot of money on the promotion. The, the fight, you know, the fight fell through at the final hour, at the 11th hour. This time, you know, they've recognised the problem. Anthony Joshua and, and, and has put in all that work. The show still wants to go. The show still must go ahead. And hopefully they can find an opponent. So it's good that they've dealt with it in the manner that they have. And they might be able to save the show.
1: You know, it's uh, it's fascinating now. We will go over um, Dillian White's history uh, with uh, in the heavyweight division, but also the problems he's had, as I mentioned at the top. Um, he was exonerated in 2019. He'd taken an over-the-counter supplement that he admitted to and was mm-hmm. banned or suspended for two years in 2012, 2014. It's a really... Tough call for him now, isn't it? And what he does here to get back into it, we'll get into detail with that mm-hmm. um, with Isaac Chamberlain shortly. But
4: that, he's in a very difficult spot right now, isn't he? Absolutely. Listen, look, if he can't now prove his innocence on this one, Dillian White, I'm going to say Gareth' career is over. And That's where he's at right now. You know, he's in the he's in the twilight of his career now. You know, he's had a long, long and good career, successful career, he's earned good money, but there were still big fights out there for him, and it, unless he can prove his innocence on this one because we don't know the ins and outs on it. We don't know the details behind this at the moment, so we've got to be very careful have, I agree with in that. the way that yeah. we're you know, we talking about this. Mm. All we know, that there's been an adverse finding and that the fight is not going ahead and Dillian White has failed the VADA test. We don't know what that is, so it's difficult for us to comment on it. That's why I'm sort of skimming over it. But if it turns out to be not good... Which doesn't look good at the moment, then it's pe- possibly career over for Dillian White.
1: Right, I've been having an argument with you off air all the way, all the time since I got here, and we started preparing an hour and a half ago. That you, you, Derek Chisora's is on this card against Gerald Washington next Saturday night. Um, Flip Hergovich is fighting Demsey McKean. Let me just give a bit of background to those two. Uh, Derek Chisora is thirty nine. Uh, Gerald Washington is 41. Washington fought Deontay Wilder for the WBC heavyweight title, a belt that Fury, Tyson Fury, now holds mm-hmm. back in 2017. Derek Chisora, of course, has fought Tyson Fury for the belt. He, he has fought... Um, uh, Vitaly Klitschko mm-hmm. for the belt as well way back when, um, the night that he also brawled with David Hay after the after the fight at the press conference that caused a fight for David Hay and Derek Chisora it's a tapestried history, 39 and 41 they are respectively, Chisora and Washington, also on the card as I say is Hergovic uh, number one mandatory challenger for the IBF title, currently held by Alexander Rusik, who will defend it on August the 26th. I think we're going to be there in yep. Poland against Daniel Dubois, one of Frank Warren's heavyweights. Um, he's a potential opponent, in my view. Um, demsy McKean, he's facing here. Who's, I think in the top fifteen with two of the world sanctioning bodies, uh, with the IBF and the WBO, um, he's a Southpaw, six foot six, undefeated from Australia, twenty-two fights, uh, fourteen knockouts, and Flip Hergovic has stopped twelve of his fifteen opponents. He's undefeated, even though you and I think that Julie Zhang outpointed him mm-hmm. uh, in August last year at the second Anthony Joshua uh, Alexander Usyk fight. Let's just go through those. You're saying, and I cannot believe this, that Derek Chisora and I've got nothing against Derek fighting Anthony Joshua, that that could be the
4: fight next Saturday I don't see it. They're like I, brothers. I think that's that front runner. I know they're like brothers, but listen, this is a business. This is a business. And I know, listen, I used to spar, to give you an idea, I used to spar my brother. We Would you have up,
1: fought him in a professional I, I, fight?
4: I was brought up sparring my brother, right? My brother was three or four years older than me, and he'd become a sparring partner for me. He went out to Vegas, turned professional in Vegas, didn't work out for him out there. He didn't like staying away from home. Had two professional fights under Cornelia Bowser Edwards. Come back. Oh, yeah. Retired from, yeah, retired from boxing. I hired him as a sparring partner. Gareth, I've got to tell you, mate, when... When that bell rang, you forget about all that, then it's just a boxer's mentality. The bell rang, bing, he's not my brother anymore, he's a sparring partner. And you let rip and you let go. So you genuinely
1: think that Derek Chisora would let it all go against um, Anthony Joshua and Joshua would happily beat up a guy who's been a mentor to him for his entire career? I I
4: think it's business and I think that at at the stage of Derek's career, if the opportunity was presented to him and the right money was on the table, in this situation right now, and to save the show, going ahead with Anthony Joshua looking for a credible opponent. Anthony Joshua, uh, Derek DeZora... What Derek bill. landed a big the, one on him? This, 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 this is the, would he end up
1: fighting what, Deontay well, Wilder no, in Saudi Arabia poss- in Possibly
4: not, but would, D- would Dillian White end up fighting dum uh, Deontay Wilder. Yes, I Inside, think he would. I don't think he would. I think he, I ended think he would ended up fighting. Yes, spoke I do. To Amir Abdullah and Ab- Amir Abdullah said to me, "Who's head of Skills Challenge said that that fight wouldn't happen even if Dillian White won because they wanted Anthony Joshua. That's that's what that's what that were, they were right. So words. that's
1: why we admired Anthony Joshua for stepping up to fight Absolutely. Dillian White with a fight with jeopardy. So. Listen, you know both those guys very well. You're in yes. the you're in the Finchley WhatsApp group and all of that kind of stuff. I won't we don't go into that tonight. Yeah. It's much more serious than that yeah. tonight. So. And and you know these guys, so you don't say things. Well, you do say things without Derek a reason sometimes. D- Derek
4: has always said that he wouldn't fight Anthony Joshua. Hasn't he? And He's he said always it to me, I know it, yeah. But I also know that if the right money and the right opportunity was presented to Derek Chisora, I know that he would take it in this situation right now. Because as we stand to at the moment... To save the show. And to save the show and give the fans what they want. Listen, would Gerald- Anthony
1: Joshua take the fight?
4: I think definitely, yeah. I'm of course, not for he would. Sure. I'm sure I'm not he would. For sure. I'm sure he would. If the broadcasters would take it, Anthony Joshua would take it. Derek Jazora would take it. Who wants to see? Right, I'll tell you this. Anthony I spoke Joshua to versus a, Washington. Right, no I one spo- wants to see that. I
1: spoke to Anthony Joshua in the week with a couple of other guys from him, the Sunday papers, and he was saying that this stage of his career is about getting as much respect as he can from his fights. And he was asking us, "What do you think?" And, and I said to him uh, openly and honestly. I really respect you taking the Dillian White fight. Mm-hmm. I respect you taking the Wilder fight, and I think you need to fight uh, Tyson Fury. Yep. Outside that, he's fought everyone in the era, yep. that, you... in my view. But I just don't... I don't know whether when Freddie Cunningham of 258 Management and Andy Bell and Frank Smith, CEO of Matchroom, and Eddie Hearn, the Supremo of Matchroom, and DAZN sit down together, mm-hmm. and I know people will be shouting, yeah, but you, you didn't say anyone fought Fury. That was a different time. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a year ago, nearly. They've played that card. I think, I think I'm not gonna I'm yeah, not God. gonna say you're wrong. Yeah, but I think it's more like to be the other side of the of of the ring, and I, it's more like to be a Gerald Washington. Mm. That Anthony Joshua faces, because let's be honest, next week.
4: But, but it, I think it, I think that it, with this fight collapse, I think it's more about what they want to give the public as well. Like I think if Gerald Washington was the guy to step in, the public would not be happy about that. They, wouldn't you think want they're going
1: to gonna be happy about Derek Chisora? The, the, I
4: don't the casual think they fan will. would prefer Derek Chisora. One thing you can guarantee with Derek the, is the you know that he's going to bring maybe, it. Maybe. Yeah, but that, that, but that's the maybe. biggest maybe. audience. I mean, maybe. I, I mean, the, the hardcore the boxing purists and the hardcore boxing fans are very minute. It's a small. It's a small part of the population. The people that want to watch Anthony Joshua are not boxing fans. Anthony Joshua is a household name. So when Anthony Joshua boxes, people think, Oh Joshua, I'm gonna box. Let's go for it. I, that's just where I think it is. I think that's a much better fight.
1: Um, look, there's two other guys here that we need to discuss as well. But two other guys that need to discuss as well is Demsey McKean. He's a Southpaw though, and he's six foot six and he hasn't been defeated. He's been mentioned in yep. the same breath as Anthony Joshua before. Mm-hmm. So he's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Would the public be happy with that? Yeah. One?
4: Well, listen. I don't think that the public were ha- public were happy with that the first time around, and I just think that where we where we're placed with this. If you put Dempsey McKean, Philip Hergovic is not going to put his IBF mandatory on the line. Well, let's get to him in a minute. Yeah. Talk about yeah. Dempsey McKean for uh, yeah, a minute. So if you, like, yeah, I'm, t- I'm talking about from business side of things. Dempsey McKean is already in this fight with Hergovic. I don't think they're going to move him out of there because that breaks they up... They don't care fight. about those yeah, other no, fights what I'm right now. Is the Derek fight Gisora they care about is, is
1: Anthony Joshua.
4: Anthony Joshua, the fight, the most attractive fight for Anthony Joshua right now... Right now, on this table, and the most popular name, and the one that we go, well, he'll give it a go, is Derek Chisora. The, this the, is a fact.
1: The fight that most people would want to see him fight right now is Flip Hergovic.
4: Yeah, but Philip's not going to do that because he's an IBF mandatory ch- contender and he's going to be wanting his shot up.
1: Will Flip uh, Hergovic believe he can beat Anthony Joshua?
4: Yes, I think Philip Hergovic Will Anthony
1: would. Joshua believe he can beat Flip Hergovic? Well, I
4: think he would, yeah. I think it's a fantastic fight. It's a, it's a great it won't fight. happen, I it agree with you. Yeah, it. it's, it's a fantastic fight, but it exactly, won't happen. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. What about Dempsey McKean then? McKean, I, I think McKean goes in with Hergovic, because I think that's the. I, I, I don't think they'll break that party up. I think that's a that's a fight on its own, and I don't think they need to do that. I think, I think the, right is, now,
1: who cares right, about so, who actually cares? Who Derek bought, who's bought a ticket at the O2 Arena yeah. to see Hergovic versus Dempsey McKean?
4: Who's bought a ticket to see I, Derek DeZora? I can Gisora? count them on one hand. Who's bought a ticket to see Derek DeZora versus Gerald Washington?
1: More people would would be would be aware of that than they would the other. That's one. The, why.
4: Jezora fits the bill against the, the, um, Anthony Gis- Joshua
1: maybe. maybe do you know what I mean maybe I'm just talking
4: about the, the casual fan is going to go if you throw any of those names out there they go oh listen we know what we're getting for um, War Jezora
1: we're talking from a massive cloud of disappointment right absolutely, now. As yeah, absolutely,
3: we're, if we, we sound like <laughs> two
1: bald men arguing over a comb right now, that is what we are basically. We have got no hair to comb, but we just—and that's nothing oh. to do with your hair transplants, <laughs> by the way. I your have, hair I'm, is I'm, beautiful. I've got Listen, hair. a deep and fascinating day for the heavyweight division. Well, next up, Isaac Chamberlain, one of Dillian White's former gym mates, joined us to talk about. Sparring heavyweights like Deontay Wilder, the heavyweight division, the cruiserweight division, and his life in boxing. Boxing out of Brixton London introducing Isaac Isaac Chamberlain! Oh, oh, my it's a great shot. He
0: set that up and he delivered. And Isaac Chamberlain. Has a rapid win
1: inside a minute. Chamberlain with a first-round stoppage, and if tonight was about being relevant, Isaac Chamberlain is extremely relevant. Well, he's here in the studio with us, uh, Chambo, a cruiserweight, six foot two, twenty-nine years of age. Just a couple of losses on a brilliant resume. Both guys, world champions Chris philham Smith and Lawrence Accoley. You're burning with ambition. Welcome to the studio, Isaac Chamberlain. I'm six foot three, actually. All right, six foot three. Okay. <laughs> just wanna
3: add, I just <laughs> want <laughs> <add, I just> to <laughs> <wanna laughs> add that in there, yeah. Okay. yeah.
4: Just, <laughs> that, all right. Uh, you're as, just... You, as you know, that extra inch matters. Always. Oh, wow. It always <laughs> does. <laughs>
1: Go on, boys. Mm, yeah. Get in there, boy. OK, right. <laughs> so, um, look, uh, you're in tonight. We've got to ask you about the news, first of all. Um, you you sparred with Dillian White. You sparred, we'll talk about this. You sparred with a lot of uh, big heavyweights with uh, Deontay Wilder um, and others. We'll come to it in a minute. But um, you've sparred with Dillian, I take it, in Miguel's gym in Brixton. Yeah. Um, first of all, as a boxer, and I asked Spence this earlier, how is Joshua going to be feeling tonight? How is Dillian White going to be feeling?
3: Um, boy, Joshua's probably going to be feeling like obviously both of them, you know, yeah. they trained so hard to get to this point and then just when it's about to, you know, just when the fight is about to really kick off the fight. we
4: fight is go through to get to this point like the last week is the easy bit it's the coming yeah. down you know and cuz they're heavyweights they haven't got to make weight they've just got to maintain what they're doing so the hard work the getting up in the morning yeah. the grafting the you know the dieting through putting in those hundreds of hours of sparring and hitting the pads, etc., The disappointment must be huge for Anthony Joshua right now because he's on that rebuilding process. He's there, he needs to prove himself. He wants to prove himself. He wants to show people that this is the Anthony Joshua of old. Dillian White was a perfect opponent for that. This yeah. is a huge disappointment a lot for him. Of bad
3: blood as well. There was Absolutely. a lot of history between them. But,
4: but the fighters go for it, don't they?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's so sad, man. It's so sad to see, you know, it's it's a bit, you know, crap for British boxing, you know, yeah. as a whole again. You know, every, boxing was getting great because of Crawford and Spence and Inui and everything and then, you know, back yeah. to this stuff again. So yeah. it's a bit of a shame.
1: What's the what's the talk been like at the gym today down in Brixton? Is there disappointment for Dillian as well?
3: Um we just work on training we didn't really speak about it we just focused on my fight that's coming up yeah that's well obviously you're fighting,
1: <laughs> you're fighting you're fighting the lawal for the um with the british um border boxing border control british cruiserweight title that's on the well that's it's it's not it's it's a little way away 21st of october so you've just gone into camp presumably yeah, yeah
3: literally a week ago mm. yeah. so we've just mm. been training for that you know and uh just been focused right now man I'm just locked in so I I don't really look at any outside stuff I haven't been on social media I've not been on anything like that mm. just been focused on my training.
4: But imagine
1: fo- how you would feel if you get ready for that and you're yeah. in here chatting to us and it's a week before the fight and, and Mikel Lawal's pop positive for something what are you going to do with yourself for the next couple of days how do you how do you deal it'll be hard with to process that? how do
3: you deal with it exactly how, it'll be how you... hard to process I'll be like what the heck is going on what like I, there's no compensation for any of this as well Where is that the surprising investment? then that Anthony jo- not
1: surprising that Anthony Joshua hasn't made any comments today then yeah of course of mm. course
3: you know a lot of people in his position would be like that
4: yeah I mean You've been in this position, but not with, obviously, the foul drugs test, but Mikhail Lawal, who he was going to fight before, yeah. pulled out with to sort of a few days to go, didn't he? With, with uh, some two, sort of, some fake, sort of two dental injury. Eyes, yeah, so, right. so what I'm saying is you understand what he's feeling right now. Yeah. Forget that, that one was, you know, a... Um, medical issue and the other one was a, a foul test forget that you understand the process as in you've done all the training and the yeah. disappointment I mean that's hard for a fighter man like yeah, I've been especially next mentally. fighter myself I understand that Yeah, you know? that,
3: especially mentally as well so it's, it's very very difficult to to get over that but it just shows a test of his, of AJ's character he's been through worse
1: tell us about um, working with heavyweights um, List the big heavyweight I mean it amazes me that you have sparred with um, Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, t- tell us about sparring with him and tell us about
3: some of the heavy, other heavyweights you sparred um, with. But, uh, sparring with Wilder. Like, he's actually a great person to be being around as well. You know, mm. He has a great charisma about him. And uh, I remember when we got to the hotel when we flew in, like we was with all the other sparring partners and they were saying, listen, Deontay's going to go as hard as he can because he was prepared for the mainstiver for his first heavyweight title fight. And um, he was like, all right, if anybody like doesn't want to do this, like say, say it now, innit, so he can send you back. But obviously no one left. And then we got to the gym now. He was boxing. We started sparring. I got in first. He started like, I was like, okay, this is a bit mad. Like I've seen everyone warming up and something. Okay, Isaac, you're in first. And then obviously done my rounds. Some other guy, I forgot his name. I think he was Puerto Rican or something heavyweight. He um was going for him, trying to really go for Wilder. Wilder went okay, nodded his head for a one-two, bow, knocked him out. I was like, yo, oh, wow. these times I'm only 19 years old. I think I was thinking I was 19 years. Old. I was like, oh my goodness, what is getting on here? And then they tried to say, oh Isaac, all right, because he, Beyonce didn't finish all his 12 because he knocked out the last guy. <laughs> they were like, okay, Isaac, get back in. And what deontay was like, no, I'm done for today.
1: So what did you do when you were in there? What did you? I mean, Bemane stiverne had a very fast jab, didn't he? Yeah. yeah obviously so they, they asked you to his style. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, they used me for my speed. They used me for my movement, my speed, and everything. And, you know, I've done, I've done very, very well against him. What's his punch power like? Yeah, he's solid. Is he's it serious. Is as, as serious real. as I say? It's not really his punch power, it's his speed and how he um, he throws the right hand straight off the jab. Mm. Like, as soon as he throws the jab, you know the right hand's coming straight away. Mm. And, um, how many
1: rounds do you think you did with him in the ending? Because that was 2015, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. How many yeah. rounds do you do?
3: A lot. I don't, I don't know. A lot of rounds. Mm. I don't know, 20, 30, 24 to 30 rounds, something like that. What did you learn? I learned um it's like to be hit by a world-class... <laughs> <laughs> no, did he learned... ever put you down? No, no,
1: no. There you go. No, I mm. So down. you learnt how not no. to get put down by Deontay Wilder?
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. But mm. I got a chin.
3: Everyone knows you've, that. Proved that.
1: You know, <laughs> you've proved that, mate. We, did, yeah, did, that. did
3: you get any lumps on him or not? Yeah, of course. But yeah. I remember I, I would hit him with like a three-punch combo or something and I would see his eyes light up. Then I'm like, mm. okay, I need to get the hell out of him! <laughs> Start moving, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah it D- was a great experience.
1: Wow. When you watched those three fights then um, later on with, with Tyson Fury, the trilogy yeah. that we all found very exciting, yeah. did, you, did your view of Tyson Fury go up? Did your view
3: of Deontay Wilder go up? I mean, my view of every fight is the same you know what i mean like they're they're amazing athletes amazing fighters you have to be something very special to be a fighter so gladiator, so that, yeah, gladiator it's it's doesn't change yeah it doesn't yeah. change regardless you
1: know? talking of which then you've also sparred lots of rounds with zander Rusik, the current yeah. uh wba ibf and wbo champion talk yeah. to us about him where did that
3: take place and um about being with in him. ukraine it was in i think one sort of some place in ukraine i don't even know where kiev, was. kiev was it kiev i actually don't know mm. it was in like some forest place okay. with cabins and stuff yeah. It was beautiful the in wild. the woods yeah beautiful. how long were you there then i was there for about three and a half weeks
1: yeah so um, you're
3: in there every day with him no monday wednesday friday okay and talk to us about you sick then i mean he's just he's a master boxer magical like but mm. you know i used to always ask him for advice like oh what do I need to work on and he would give me advice nice and then when I started using it in in the ring with him I would ask him again oh what do I need to work on he goes oh yeah it's all good and he would just walk away (laughs) (laughs) so he's always trying to stay one step ahead of you because he knew you were trying to be the rival and then I started to you Mm. know really do very well against him you know with Yusek he he would trick everybody like Mm. he's very good at fainting and tricking and what I started to do is I started to punch with him. Mm. When I started to punch with him, that's when I started to catch success.
0: Cafe Del Mar.
1: You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Gareth A. Davis, Spencer Oliver, The Omen in the studio with me tonight. And for the next half an hour, we still have British Cruiserweight Soon to be world champion Isaac Chamberlain, cool as a cucumber. This guy, cool as ice, in the studio with us. Spencer and I talk far too fast, and Isaac just chills us out when he speaks. We were talking before.
3: We were talking before the break
1: um, about Chambo, about um, you sparring with Alexander Rusev. I'd like to just dig into that a little bit more. You were out there in the woods with him in Ukraine. Um, did you? think then because he was a cruiserweight then presumably yeah yeah. did you think then he'd go on and win heavyweight Um, world titles
3: i didn't think so i don't know i I, it just wasn't something that was in my mind Mm. you know i just because he was doing the super series at that time which he won um, yeah which he won yeah but yeah it was really good man really good Mm. i like sharing the ring with him he's probably one of the most smartest boxers i've shared the ring with did you get the hands on him or not at times at times because like, mm. of my hand speed what well, so it's about it's his movement and
1: elusiveness and ring yeah. generalship that mm. really stands out yeah. yeah
3: definitely because everyone else wasn't like mm. that everyone else had plodding feet and mm. they didn't like to really use their feet but he was one of the only ones that was it's his sort of adaptability isn't it it's like
4: able to change as things are going on that's what a, great, yeah. a mark of a great fighter when they can change things mid round or you know if something's not working they're trying to set traps etc did you find that with him because he yeah. seems to be so smart that he boxes one way and if it's not going his way yeah, he can adapt yeah, and he can yeah. change it and that's that's a, that's a mark of a great fighter yeah I used to see that a lot in training you know he's very very good at what he does hmm Mm. yeah what would you say are his main strengths is it his movement is it his is, elusiveness is it his
3: speed i think it's his mindset his mindset His mind the way he adapts to everything mm. and he just he it's like he calculates things in his brain and then he like responds in a way like it's just crazy
4: and, and 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 he's a tough guy as well isn't he like yeah, that, that's what i'm tough. saying like mentally like he's he's just one of those maybe maybe possibly from where he's come from, the way he's mm-hmm. been brought up or whatever, but he's got that toughness already ingrained in him. So if you've yeah. got that boxing ability and, and that boxing IQ yeah. and the toughness, that makes you
3: hard to beat. Yeah, definitely. Like, he's very, 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 very good. man. Was very you surprised good. he beat Joshua? Um, uh, Have you sparred Joshua, by the way? Yeah, I sparred Joshua. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but... Obviously, he used his size and everything to his advantage, mm. you know. We talked about other people.
1: We're asking you about them. Let's talk
3: about you. So
1: tell us why boxing? You're from Brixton, um, born in Brixton. Um, why boxing? Why? How did you get the bug?
3: Where are you now? Um, but, uh, I was, uh, Obviously, my mum brought me to the boxing gym. I feel like I've told this story a million mm. times. Yeah, yeah, but don't ever
1: stop telling it yeah oh, because yeah. there's always people interested mm. to know because yeah. as you said there's no one like boxers they're all different you're oh, different you're not civilians there's always people listening i haven't heard isaac <laughs> yeah.
3: Jamelin's story before um yeah my mum brought me to the boxing gym because obviously when i was growing up in Brixton, there was a lot of gang violence and my cousin as soon as he passed his gcse's he was obviously involved in gangs and stuff he got stabbed in the heart Obviously, it was a very sad time for the family. Obviously, mm. he passed away and mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're growing up in that environment, you start to become a product of your environment. Can we and, remember
1: um, him right now with his name?
3: Um, Alex Mulumba. Okay. We mm-hmm. remember him. Rest in peace, Alex. Yeah. And mm. so it was, Um, I started yeah. to go down that road. And my mum brought me to the boxing gym. She was like, please take care of my son. I don't know what to do with him because I was just... Were you um, lost? I would say that. I think I was like 11, 12 years old but were was you lost
1: you, in your head were you um was, I was you good. going
3: down that path basically yeah yeah. it looked mm. like I, I was going down that path mm. Mm. and um I just fell in love with the gym the sweaty gym walls and the smelly bags and the smelly <laughs> gloves and I saw two people punching each other and not getting in trouble and I was like what the heck is this where mm. am I like and um I just fell in love with it you know I fell in love with it and um, you know when I was young I had a massive imagination so I would shadow box in the mirror yeah, and act like as if I'm the opponent. So I'll be boxing them, acting <laughs> like I'm getting hit, and them. oh, it was crazy. Yeah. You know what? I love that. Great times, man. I love
4: that. <laughs> Do you know what? I, you, I just want to touch on something there that you said about the boxing gyms, and you get that, and it's the one. It's a, it's a love or hate thing. It's a marmite thing. You go in them yeah. gyms as a, as a kid, or, and you and the smell of those gloves. And I gotta say, for anybody that's not been in a boxing gym, the smell of those gloves because hundreds of yeah. kids each day put those gloves on. They absolutely stink. And that environment in the in the gym, it's, there's, there's a unique smell there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's something like that's. Like it's something that like I miss, and when you but, smell it, when I go into Finchley ABC and you smell that, like it, it just brings back so many memories. You know it's
3: what's something crazy. so unique. It just it's like um, the one reason that I kept going. You know, it's Miguel's boxing gym that mm-hmm. I first came into, walked into, and one thing that kept me going is um, the coaches who kept saying, "Azat, you can be a world champion. You can do this." And I never heard those words of encouragement from parents, from teachers, no one. So i kept coming back so i can hear those words of encouragement again Why this that? is the first time someone said i can be good at something so i just kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back i love that love it's that crazy.
1: you're 17 fights in now you've been a pro since 2015. your two losses that i mentioned at the beginning and the reason i mentioned them are to both to guys british guys who've been world champions lawrence acoli points it was uh british beef but it was a it was a smash and grab night that night. You're yeah. both very young and very nervous. I think that night. Um, I remember being there at the O2 Arena and the points unanimous decision loss to Chris billam Smith. You haven't been stopped. You haven't been badly hurt. Um, I mean, you're a giant man, six three, not six <laughs> two. Handsome, all your features intact. A wonderful father. I saw an interview with you in Square Mile magazine the other day about fatherhood and how inspiring. That is for you as well. Um, tell us about the route forward for you now, where you're at. Obviously, you're fighting uh, Lawal. Well, that'll be the British title. Yeah, I mean, um, we're,
3: we're still in the process of trying to get the Commonwealth title on the, on the line as well. Yep. So, for the British and Commonwealth. Yep. And then, um, you know, my in my ideal world, mm-hmm. me, Lawal, for the British and Commonwealth, Fight Gulamarian for the WBA super or mm-hmm. title, then rematch CBS live on Sky Sports box office. Mm. Just go from there as I, a unification.
1: Well, was funny enough. You say Gulamarian, but it's I think it's with the um, the IBF that you're in the top fifteen at the moment, isn't it? Giapitire. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't.
3: Oh, I you think don't I, even. I don't you
1: think you so don't even right check right. it. Well, you're <laughs> you're up there with it. But but that's the guy you're chasing. Gulamarian, is it? Mm, yeah. And is that within the next
3: twelve months? Hundred percent. Hopefully, after this fight.
1: Okay. Nice. So, That's so cool it, well. is that being talked about by the promotional team then? Yeah. Mm. So you'll be calling out Golomirian after this, yeah?
3: Golomirian or or the WBC champion, you know? Any Badu of them, Jack. Or, any of them.
1: What a fascinating fella Isaac Chamberlain is. It was brilliant to have him in the studio. Well, up next, Lee Woods joined us ...to talk about his next fight with Josh Warrington. Yep, the WBA featherweight champion is bringing his fans against the Leeds fans of Josh Warrington. And he even teased a potential fight with a four-weight world champion called Noya Inui. We've got a big one coming up. Big media tour this week. Yourself and Josh Warrington, 7th of October... Sheffield Arena. Wow. What a matchup of two great British boxers, great men, mm. and a great fan set each. We cannot wait, Mr Wood.
2: I can't wait. Um I, I've been wanting this fight with Josh for probably six or seven years. I called him out five years ago when nobody knew where I was outside my own village. Um I wasn't getting fights, nothing was happening for me, and I, I didn't know what to do and I was I said to my friend in this restaurant, I said, look, I'm not getting fights. I've been boxing since I was like 10 years old, competitively since I was 12. I've done everything I need to do. I've hit 30 and no one knows where I am. I'm not where I want to be. And um, he just said, call someone up. And I called him out. I did a little video and um, it got hardly any likes or didn't get any, catch any, didn't catch fire. And um, five years later, you know, finally I'm, I'm defending champion and um, fighting Josh. So um I waited a long time for this,
4: mate. Incredible story you've got, Leagues. Like you say, it was one of those where you were calling people out. No one knew who you was outside your village. Then all of a sudden, 2021, you get the opportunity out of nowhere, really, to box for the WBA uh, WBA title against Kanju, who was many considered the best in the division at the time, a danger man. You went in there. And you just obliterated him, mate. You went against the odds. You won the fight in the 12th and final round. Incredible performance. Mm. And then from then on, you went from strength to strength. Next fight, Mickey Conlin. What a performance again. and what a victory again. Fight of the year. Then we come up against La- Mauricio Lara. You get knocked out in the seventh round. Ben Davison stopped, stopped in the seventh round. Ben Davison does the right thing. It mm-hmm. turns out the perfect timing of stopping that fight. You go into the immediate rematch... Myself, Gareth, every other boxing pundit, and I will say this now, for mm. what is he doing? Mm. Why would he go back there into that immediate rematch? This is like this is like a suicide doing this. <laughs> and mate, you proved everyone wrong. What a performance to turn that around and you just put yourself right back up there in a fight that's been brewing now for a few years. The British fight fans are lucky enough to get this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's it's gonna be an amazing fight, an amazing night, amazing atmosphere. Um and yeah, with the law the a rematch, to be honest, I should've done that the first time. Um mm. but, you know, I was in my own city, um, I started to get on top, I started to land big shots, um and I just I just thought, you know, he was breathing heavy and Ben did before the fight he said, Look, don't let him lure you to sleep, don't let him trick you into false sense of security where you think he's he's tied or and I actually thought he was he was on his way out because I started to land and in my own city, I thought, you know what, I want to get him out of here, I want to want to get that finish, and um holding my feet too long and, and paid the price. Mm,
4: yeah, complacency, I, I, it I, happens, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, for sure, and as you said, you know, since winning the world title, which I won on six weeks' notice, including that fight, every fight I've had, I boxed someone that's been ranked in the top ten with the ring magazine, so Kanzu was up there, I think he was number six, uh, connor was up there, I think he was number nine, and mm. then when I boxed Laura he was ranked number one so um, every fight of our had since winning the world title I boxed someone that's been in that top 10 ranking including Josh as well so yeah. uh, you know it's, it's going to be a, a hard fight I'm expecting a hard fight you know you, you're never in an easy fight with Josh he, he gives everything he's got a big heart but it's one um, I'm confident in coming through I, and then finally, nailing down my,
4: my dream fight yeah, listen, I think it's one of those history fights, you know, the fights that are going to be remembered for a long time. When you get two British fighters with, with all the marbles on the line, boxing for the world title, you always do, your or majority of the time you do get something very special. But I think stylistically with you two, this is going to be one of those barnstormers because you are going to engage. And it's the way that it is. you yeah, You've got the boxing ability. He likes to come forward and throw, you know, like punches in bunches, etc. And maybe your IQ is better than that. But you ultimately like to get into a fight as well with we that against Conlin, you can weather storms, etc. And I just think, stylistically, mate, this is going to be one of those fights that people will talk about for a long time. Yeah,
2: that's it. There may be times in this fight when game plans go out the window and, mm-hmm. and you've got to bite down and you've got to weather a storm. That's on both sides. Um, you know, we can both take a shot, we can both pick ourselves up. Um, we've both done it time and time again, to be honest. So, you know, you're guaranteed uh, a great fight, we- whichever whichever way you die, you're never going to come out unscathed. And I think that's why it's captured the the public's imagination and
4: um, everyone's excited for it. Mm. I mean, we're on neutral ground here as well, aren't we? It's at the Sheffield Arena. So he didn't get home advantage, you didn't really get home advantage either. How important would that be for one of you to have got home advantage or does it make it a more level playing field being on neutral ground?
2: Yeah, there's no way as champion I was going to, for whatever money I'd have gone to Leeds and let him... um,
4: I had a crack at my belt.
2: They, were, they not You couldn't have put a price on it. Um, I wanted to be in Nottingham. Uh, the City Ground is in a place big enough, and because of the pitch is that new, we just couldn't. We couldn't. We couldn't make it happen. Um, the players haven't even played on it yet, and we're playing in two weeks at home. So that's how that's how fresh it is. Um, but yet, like I said, we're meeting in Sheffield, which is near about halfway, and mm. um, we're chalking it down the middle, literally fifty-fifty each. So the atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. Um, like I've, I've sold out my arena before many times, um, you know it's a it's a great feeling. But sometimes the crowd goes up and down, up and down. But when it's fifty-fifty down the middle, the crowd is vocally battling all night, back and forth, and it's a special uh, a special atmosphere.
4: Listen, are you on a promise from Eddie Hearn that you come through this fight and we get a fight at the City Ground?
2: I said to Eddie um, when we was talking about my next fight, there's no way I'm signing for any fight unless. There's a clause in there. I don't wanna to talk too much about the contract because it's confidential, but that clause is in there. Um and I'm happy with it. Uh all I gotta do is uh go and get the win on October seventh. And I think we're there.
1: I really do think I have a feeling that you guys might have more than one fight. I really do. Good shout. You know, um I think the styles are gonna gel so much. Um I think you have the power. He's got the engine. I, I said earlier that you're fit as a butcher's dog. Anyway, I remember running into you at um, Spurs ground, and you said hello, and then bang, off you went. I think it was the the first Joshua Usyk fight. Let me ask you before. We, uh, let me ask you before we go tonight. How disappointed will Anthony Joshua feel tonight? We've been talking about it at length tonight, Lee. Um, when you get that kind of thing happen. Uh, where where Dillian White is obviously out of the fight. How will Joshua feel yeah. after months of preparing for him?
2: That, that's the thing. Um, it's not like football, is it? You don't have a salary. You only get paid when you fight. So, um, regardless of the money, you put yourself for help, mentally, physically. Um, you know, a lot of people make a lot of sacrifices. I'm sure he's the same from, from his family, uh, his kids. Um, yeah, it'll be devastated. And so a lot of the fans be. The fans, sometimes the fans save money for to get to these tickets and then they work. the work around it from you know the, the book time off work or they play shifts into to pay for things pay for the night art. So there'll be a lot of upset people and um you know I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know if it I'm not gonna be execution or Say he's guilty or innocent. That's that in time he'll have to prove himself innocent or or guilty, whichever way they do it. But um, it's just sad. It's sad for everyone. I feel for AJ and I feel for the uh, the general public.
1: Final one tonight, Lee. This is from left field. Last week we saw Noya Inouye defeat Stephen Fulton. I think it's 22 knockouts or stoppages out of 25. Mm-hmm. He's moved up from fl- light fly to super bantam, winning the belts. Wood, four divisions. I think he's a modern master. If he came up to featherweight now from super bantam and said, you know what, I love the style of Lee Wood, I wouldn't mind a crack with him, how would that feel on your resume,
2: resume next? i see you at the City Grant. <laughs> oh, I, like that. I, I like that. I think I, I sparred with him. I think it was 2018. I went over to Japan. Um, I had some really good spars with him and his brother. Um, and I came back and I told my friends, look, he's special. He's going to win world titles, super bantamweight, uh, or, or, or possibly even up to featherweight. I think he might he might just not, not have enough at feather, but all the other weights, you know, he'll clear up, he'll literally clear up. And he has. And... Um, you know, he couldn't even come up to Featherweight, and um, well, I, I'd welcome that fight with open arms because so, it's a massive fight.
1: So let's be clear about this. On fight night tonight on Talk Sport, if Noya Inui wants to come up to Featherweight and challenge you for the WBA belt, you'd take him on. Would you go to Japan as well as going to the city
2: ground? There's no way I'd get on a plane, maybe. but if he wants to come to the city ground, you know, uh, he's welcome.
1: Well, another busy night on Fight Night, and I hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast. Thanks to all our guests and to my co-host on the night, Spencer Oliver, my wingman. You've been listening to the Fight Night podcast on TalkSport. Don't forget to subscribe to all our Spotify and YouTube channels. See you next time.
0: Target.